So asking for what we need first begins in the self. First begins in your attuning to what you need and why it is important to you. And once you connect to that, that is the best thing that you can share with somebody that you're in a relationship with. Right? So when we ask for what we need, it not only benefits us, it benefits the other person and it may have a ripple effect that's much greater, much, much greater than we can even imagine. host of the Touch Tomorrow podcast and we are on episode 10. I can't believe it. It is insane just thinking about that, that this is the 10th episode because I didn't even know how I was going to record the first episode. If I was ever going to record the first episode, if I would ever even have a podcast after dreaming about it for so long. So this goes to show that when you actually want something, you make the intention for it and you show up, right? Not just to actually dream about something, but to actually want to do it and to, to show up to do it, to actually do the work. There's nothing that you can't make happen. And I am living proof of that, guys, because I went through most of my life just up until recently, just just dreaming of, dreaming about things. And... and, and keeping my future visions and goals so far away from me and not even understanding why right that's the thing about living in and when you know when our, our unconsciousness is just it's just that it's unconscious so we don't actually see it when we're living it we're just in it right and and so i'm so grateful when we actually get to see it when you know um unfortunately sometimes it takes a breaking open but even that even that allows us to see and even that I'm grateful for because everything is ultimately so that we can see ourselves more. And when we can see ourselves more, we can contribute more. We can then fulfill our, our highest purpose. And so I'm truly, truly grateful um, that, that, you know, through life we get to, to reach deeper and deeper levels of awareness and just see more and more of the things about us that, you know, we might not have seen before. So today we are talking about how to ask for what you need gracefully. As human beings, we are all wired for connection. And none of us can thrive in isolation. Right? We can barely survive in isolation. Isolation has never been, will never be a strategy. Right? Even, even today, even in the past year of this pandemic, we still need connection. And we are just seeking it in different ways. We are seeking it not in person. We are seeking it through technology. Right? And, and so, but the need for connection is still there. It will always be there because that's just how we are wired. We need each other. 
And part of being in a relationship with another human being, right, is, is asking for what you need. Because when you think about it, you have, when two people are in a relationship, and that could be any kind of relationship, any kind, what you are dealing with is two different minds, right? Two different minds that are now trying to communicate and coexist peacefully. And that isn't easy. I don't know anybody who's real and says that that's easy. So that probably is the most difficult thing. I believe that's the most difficult thing. Our interaction with each other is the most difficult thing. It really is because how frustrated do we get? Right? I'm I'm better off alone. I'm I'm at more peace alone. But it's it's uh, it's the difficulty begins when I have to have conversations with the parents that I work with, with my partner, with my best friend, with my mom when I say something and um I I realize that I may have hurt her and I and because I realize that I hurt my own heart and here I am just thinking about it and I can't stop. And so I have to apologize to her for myself in order in order to make myself feel better so that I can go back to my work and my life and and concentrate on the things that matter. So relationships are so so important and they affect us to such a degree that we all need tools. And I think that's what's really been lacking, right? Like understanding like what tools are at our disposal, what language can we use, what vocabulary can, you, can we use, how can we ask for what we need? Because I think that if I had more tools, if I had more knowledge, if I had more vocabulary, then I would feel more comfortable asking for what I needed even now, right? But definitely, definitely at an earlier, um, at an earlier time in my life. It's just this, it's this practice, right? Once you are in a situation where you learn to ask for what you need in that situation, you then have a blueprint of how you can ask for what you need if that situation should arise again. And that's so powerful. And if you are in enough of those situations, you become an expert. You become a professional at asking for what you need. But very often it takes practice. And so our, our interactions with each other are our, our dojo. They really help us learn how to, not only what we need, but how to communicate and ask for what we need. Hey, uh, and, and, and I'm, I'm not talking about material things. I'm talking about the things that we can't see, right? So, hey, um, I, I really need some more time to myself, right? Is it okay if, um, you know, if we convene uh, later tonight instead of this afternoon? Is it okay if we go to dinner instead of lunch? Or is it okay if we don't meet at all today? I just feel really overwhelmed with my schedule and I really think um, that, you know, I, that if I were to meet with you, I would, my mind would be really busy. I really think I need this time alone today. How to ask for more time, how to ask for space, right? When, when we feel like we need space from someone or how to ask for more respect if we feel like someone is not treating us with the respect that we would like to be treated with. How to ask for kindness, how to ask for gentleness, how to ask for TLC. 
I have a soul sister who told me a story and I'm sure she still lives to this but lives to this by this day at this day and she she says that when she is having a rough day when she is having an especially difficult time she asks she asks people using the very plain words will you love me a little extra I'm having a hard a hard time today. Will you love me a little extra? I'm having a rough day. I'm having a bad day. Can you love me a little extra, please? Will you love me a little extra today? And and the purity of her heart can be reflected in in the simplicity of her words. Can you love me extra? Will you love me extra? Like how 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 much more vulnerable can one get? I think that is the most vulnerable thing that we can ever ask for. More love. I'm going through a hard time. Can you please love me a little more? Can you please love me extra? Even I, I even love the word extra because it, 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 it reflects something that a little more doesn't hold. So when she told me that story, I, I just melted. Because I couldn't believe that there was a human being who would, who would not only ask for love, but ask using these words. Like almost like a child. Almost making yourself like a child. And that's really what we are inside, right? We are all children inside. So when we actually are in tune with that, when we actually connect to that, we can then, we can then really understand what we need and ask for it in the simplest terms. So we need a lot of things as human beings, right? And, and these are just some of them. But in your relationship with other people, you constantly need things, even on a daily basis, right? Can I, um, can I ask for some help if you have some time later? Can I ask for your help with organizing the kids' clothes or organizing the kids' closet? Or can I ask for your help in cleaning the house? Can I ask for your help in um, running this errand? Can I ask for your help in taking care of the finances? Can I ask for your help in, in helping me sort through the aftermath of our fights? Can I ask for your help in processing, in processing our disputes, our arguments, our fights? Can I ask for your help in doing that together? Can I ask for you to hold space for me? Can I ask for you to listen? Do you have space right now? Can you listen to me? Can I ask for your ear? Can I ask for your shoulder? And truly, if we want to live our highest vision and be our highest vision of ourselves, we have to ask for what we need. Because not only does no one make it alone, but for ourselves, for ourselves, it is a requirement when we are dealing with other people, right? That, that we are going to run into situation after situation in which if we ask the other person for help, it is not only good for us, but it is good for them too. So we are not only helping ourselves, but often we will find that we are helping them too because this asking not only elevates us, 
right? Because it's, it's, sometimes it's hard to ask for what we need, but it's also good for them because in their, in their taking of that responsibility, they also elevate themselves, right? And we are, we are the catalyst for their elevation. And I'm not saying that so that we can take credit for that, but I'm saying that so that we can understand that, that what our needs are, Meeting them is also good for the people in our life, right? When, when the people in our life also meet our needs, it also benefits them. It makes them better. And I've, I've discovered this in my own life. So now, why don't we ask for what we need, right? You, you may be in a relationship with somebody, and you find that that person is able to ask for what they need. And when they ask for what they need, it, it almost feels selfish to you. It feels so strong. It feels so blunt maybe to you. But you don't ask for what you need. So let's, let's talk about why. What could possibly be the reason for that? Maybe you don't recognize what you need. Right? Maybe you don't recognize that you need space or maybe you, need, you don't recognize that you need kindness or extra TLC or maybe you don't recognize that you need respect. Right? So that's the first thing. You don't recognize that you, that you need something. The second thing is even if you did recognize, maybe you are afraid to ask for what you need. Why are you afraid? Well, let's think about the potential reasons for why why someone could be afraid why we could be afraid i'm afraid that someone might reject me if i ask for what i need i'm afraid that that i'm i may feel less than if i ask for what i need i'm afraid that i'm Maybe I feel like that I sh that I am not even supposed to ask for what I need. And when we think about that last one, we can really delve into that because many of us have relationships early on in our lives that set the foundation for attunement to our needs, right? So when somebody meets our needs, when we have a primary caregiver who responds to our emotional needs, we grow up to be more emotionally healthy right at least at least early on right as an adult if you don't if you don't have that early on until you do the necessary necessary work as an adult to meet your own needs then you have more of a chance of becoming emotionally healthy but in the beginning and until you work to meet those needs yourself it can be very very difficult so there's a saying that it is easier to do it the right way the first time around. It is easier to build strong men than it is to repair broken children. It's a lot harder to meet your own needs later on in your life because there is so much drama that you have to work through. There is so much, there is so much emotional baggage. There's so many things that you have to sort through and then heal and accept and forgive and go through this big process. And that takes time. So the best thing that we can do for our children, one of the greatest gifts that we, can, that we can give them is really to help them. 
with by attuning to their emotional needs right and and of course we have to take care of their physical needs right there's there's no debate or argument there but and i guess this is not for some reason right this is quite obvious that um you know physical needs are obvious so often we know what to do when our child breaks out with a fever so often we know what to do when our child um, uh, has a little cough even or um, is is really tired and sleepy we know that you know they have to go to, go to bed early but perhaps the emotional needs are not as easy to see and many of us are completely oblivious to our children's emotional needs and the fact that they even have emotional needs right because we are oblivious to our own emotional needs and chances are if you are oblivious to your own emotional needs you didn't have a parent who was attuned to their own needs to their own emotional needs to then be attuned to yours right so it's not their fault and it's not your fault now um even if you're a parent and you have a child now, your own child now, it's still not your fault because you simply did not know. But hopefully this information awakens and enlightens you into, into and, and gives you the knowledge first to know that every single human being has emotional needs. And once you, once you know that, you can understand what emotional needs you have, right? As, as children... Children, we need love and attention, right? Safety. We need to feel safe. And even as adults, we also need this in our relationships. So when these, when these emotional needs are not met, what happens is, and this starts when we are children, we start to act this out through our behavior because children don't have the understanding, right? They don't understand that, uh, they're not getting something that they need, right? But their being knows, their body understands, so they are just acting that, acting that out. And as that child grows into an adult, those emotional needs are still not met, right? But now the behavior manifests itself differently. So instead of the child... Um, instead of the child... Um, uh, peeing his pants inappropriately, right? Or kicking his classmate or kicking his brother or um, some other behavior that can be seen at home or at school. Instead of that, the child now is an adult who maybe turns to alcohol or maybe turns to retail therapy or maybe turns to a relationship to seek their emotional needs. And we all meet our emotional needs differently. But we all have emotional needs. There are countless ways in which we try to meet our emotional needs, right, as adults. But the, the, the truth is that our emotional needs can only be met by ourselves as an adult. And as a child, our emotional needs can only be met by our parents. So you see, children are completely helpless in this picture. The younger they are, the less control they have over their over themselves 
right, and the relationships in their li lives, the less understanding that they have and the less language that they have, the less awareness that they have, the less of everything that they have, the less experience that they have to even understand what they're going through. They, they are unable to understand any of this. All they can do is just act out what they need. And it's our job as parents to then look at their behavior and try, try our best to decipher that behavior. And this is the reason that, that I say that there is no such thing as bad behavior. And I say this even in adults. Even in adults because I know that all behavior has meaning. All behavior is communication. And if you even think about the example of a, of a girl. Imagine a girl meeting a guy for the, ne for the first time. And she's standing and talking to him. And all of a sudden, she takes her hand and starts twirling her hair. Right? Even, even that gesture where she's twirling her hair or she brushes her hair. Right? She brushes her hair to the side. Even that behavior in that, in that moment, even in that second, carries meaning. So everything that we do as adults and also as children carries meaning. Every single thing that we do, every gesture, every movement. Every facial expression, everything about us holds some kind of meaning. So children communicate through their behavior. So what happens when, when a child has a parent who is not attuned to that child's emotional needs, right? Or even physical needs. Well, let's talk about physical needs first. Right? I worked at a daycare uh, years ago where there was a baby whose, whose mother used to send, and, and whose mother was a nurse, by the way. The mother used to send the baby to the daycare with not enough of a supply of formula. So he would actually get hungry throughout the day. And he had some really rough days where I remember he would be screaming for hours. And this mother was, she was a very nice person. Like in her interaction, she was a nice person. But her reasoning for why she did not, she only gave him the amount of formula, the amount of milk that she did, and no more than that was that she didn't want him to be chubby. So this mother, even being a nurse herself, probably was not aware of the effects of physical hunger on the developing brain and body. Because what's more important than how your baby looks is whether they are getting the proper nutrition that they need. And to imagine the effects of that on a growing brain is like it makes my it makes my heart sink into my chest and back then this was a long time this was years ago i mean i did i did not have the knowledge that i do then today but what's what's also so upsetting about this is that when this child screamed for hours on end do you know what he learned? He learned that his physical needs for hunger would not be met. 
Can you imagine that? If your physical needs for hunger are not met for something, the most basic thing, hunger, if that is not met, do you even think that that child will believe that any other need in his life will be met? What is that baby learning? So it's so scary to even think about. This is not the case for most parents, I believe, because most parents, at least of babies, right, will feed their babies enough. I, I hope so, right? I, I more more often, uh, if if anything, I hear m stories more about later in uh, later on in childhood. You know, if a parent is. Um, worried or concerned about their child's uh, appearance, whether that's um, too chubby or pudgy or overweight. That's, you know, I hear more about that uh, later on in childhood, but I haven't heard too many stories. I mean, this is, this is the only story that I know where a mother of a baby does not feed their, um, does not feed their baby enough. Right? When a baby is hungry, they're hungry. And when they've had enough, they will actually turn their head away. Right? Babies will not drink past their hunger. So, I mean, and there may be, there may be stories where, you know, because think about it. Some, some people are so concerned about their own appearance and concerned about their own weight. Right? So, some people have such an unhealthy relationship with their own weight that they will, they will project that onto their children as we often project, you know, everything that we feel about ourselves onto our kids, right? And so I've heard stories where moms saying that they don't like chubby babies, they don't like their babies chubby, and that, that just, I mean, it's okay, I guess. It's, it's at least a little bit more okay if you don't like that and you still feed your child when they're hungry. But if you don't like that, and you don't feed your child, that's a huge problem. That's a huge problem for the child physically and emotionally. Because physically, you are directly affecting their brain and body. And emotionally, you are indirectly affecting their brain and body. But you are affecting how they feel about themselves and how they will feel about other people and how they will believe if their needs will be met in this world. And if they don't believe that their needs will be met, this will affect every single relationship that they have in their life. Right? Because the relationship between a primary caregiver and the child affects every other relationship that the child will have in their lifetime. So as primary caregivers, as parents, as adults in a child's life, the, the effect that we have in shaping who they become is way more than we know, way more than we can imagine. So let's say we are better at responding to our children's physical needs than their emotional needs. Right? And, and why is that? Why is that? Because it's, it's more obvious right so the physical needs hunger cleanliness okay my, my child needs a diaper change they need a bath they need a shower uh, they need to be taken to school we can actually see that that's a lot more clearer to us it's a lot more obvious but 
in the cases of, you know, when, when our child is upset, when they're frustrated, when they're worried, when they're screaming at the top of their lungs, when they're, when they're kicking and screaming, when we don't know what to do. Right? And, and so often, you know, it's because we didn't have an example of this in our own lives. We didn't have somebody in our lives who showed us emotionally healthy interaction, communication, right? We didn't have somebody in our lives who taught us about emotions. So, you know, I think more often than not, um, I think most of us uh, have had, uh, I, think, I think many of us have had parents and, and caregivers who were emotionally unavailable, right? So who were una- unable to connect to us emotionally. And it's, it's not their fault. It's just because they didn't have a parent who was able to do that for them and with them. So um, if I reflect on my own life, my mother wasn't able to connect to me emotionally. My father was, but he wasn't my primary caregiver. He wasn't the person that I looked to as a baby to get my needs met. My daily life was spent with my mom while my dad worked in the hospital. So I came to to expect that my emotional needs would not be met and I sought the same pattern in relationships. So this is this is something that if we don't receive and if we don't recognize, we then seek the same thing, what we are familiar with, we seek that in our relationships, in every relationship. Because in every relationship, we bring ourselves to that. And who we are now is someone who thinks and believes that they will not get what they need. Right? And, and because, because we think that, because we believe that, we don't even ask for what we need. So the strongest foundation I believe that we can create early on is is in this foundation for our children. Not only physically attuning to their needs, but emotionally attuning to their needs as well. Because if you think about it, right, maybe everyone else that our child interacts with, their peers in school, or even the teachers, some of their teachers, unfortunately. I mean, I've, I've worked with teachers that are emotionally disconnected and further project their pain onto students. And I'm talking about like even two and three year olds. The teacher that I worked with at a daycare was just seemed very unhappy like with her life and she brought this attitude to work. Yeah, so maybe everyone else that the, that, that child interacts with will, will not be able to meet their emotional needs. And that will be okay as long as we meet our child's emotional needs. So we can actually create the foundation in which we help them meet, we help to meet their emotional needs and they begin to start meeting their own emotional needs so that when other people don't, when other people in the world don't meet their emotional needs, they still have the foundation that we help them to build. And that is the goal. That is the goal in raising our children to be emotionally healthy. We want to give them the proper emotional foundation. And the sooner we do that, the sooner they are able to then become their own inner voice, meet their own emotional needs, and not expect that from other people. And then they will even become that for other people. They will become a source of emotional support for other people. 
but they cannot do any of those things until we meet their emotional needs. You know, very often they very often they can't until we do it for them. So, um, so in thinking about you know why, what are some other reasons that we don't ask for what we need, right? There there can be others in our lives, right? Maybe maybe as a child, let's say that our parents were um, were okay. You know, they were pretty okay at meeting our emotional needs, right? But then then as we got older, maybe. Um, you know, we were a teenager and we were easily influenced by, um, by our peers or we got into a relationship um, in our adulthood and we learned that, you know, we shouldn't ask for what we need because when we asked for what we need, our needs got stomped on. When we tried to express what we needed, we got stomped on, right? Our, it wasn't welcome, right? And, and this doesn't have to be in a relationship. This could be in a friendship Right? This could be in a relationship with a boss or a coworker. Right? So it's so important. I, I really believe that if you have a strong foundation here from your childhood, from your primary caregiver, from your parents, if you have a strong foundation here, you can carry that into the rest of your life. Right? So it's so important to get this right early on, to do as much as we can to meet our, our children's emotional needs early on. So that they know, they know what is emotionally healthy for themselves in every other relationship that they have in their life. So I think I alluded to this before. Um, sometimes when you don't ask for what you need, you think that someone who is asking for what they need, you, you perceive that as being selfish. You perceive that as selfish on their part, right? So if somebody tells you, um, you know, don't talk to me until I'm done working or don't talk to me until I've, I've completed my morning routine or don't talk to me or, um, you know, uh, uh, don't bother me or don't do this or don't do that. And basically they are asking for what they need, but they're really not asking, right? They're, they're telling, right? And, and the way in which they need, it's because of how direct it is and because it's, it's a command instead of asking for it, it's not always perceived in the best way. Like that comes with extra like um, doors. I mean, and that, that comes with extra hurdles that I have to jump over in order to understand, right? Like why is this person telling me not to talk to them, right? That, that just makes me feel like they don't care about me. But so it, it would actually take being in that situation to then understand why that person's asking for that. And we're not always in the same, same situation as other people, right? So it is so important to ask for what we need gracefully, right? To actually ask for it. And to ask means to, to, to give, to explain, right? To ask for what we need is to actually relate to the other person. To not just say, don't do this, or I need this. It's to actually connect to them emotionally. It's to actually connect to them human being to human being. Listen, I'm going through a hard time, um, or I'm really stressed out today. Do you think you could help me get the kids ready, to, ready for school? Or I woke up in, a, in a, a bad mood today. Do you think you can help me out with this? Do you think, like, just, just anything. Like, we are all human. And we're also all here for each other. So we can ask, we should ask, we are supposed to ask, 
because we are strongest when we are working together and we are meant to work together. We are meant to thrive together. So when asking for what you, what you need is done artfully, it makes you understand, right? When somebody asks you for what they need with grace, right? It actually makes you understand and actually want to give to the other person what they're asking for, right? So instead of saying, don't talk to me until I'm done working. If you say, you know, when you, when you talk to me while I'm working, it really, it really takes away my focus. And it's so hard for me to get back into my work after that. Do you think you could wait till after I'm done to then ask me or write it down or send me an email or even like, you know, send me an email, even if you're in the other room, right? Even if we're in the same house, can you just send me an email? Can you talk to me later about it? Because it's just so hard for me. It's so hard, right? If you explain, I think if you communicate how difficult it is for you, right? And, and most of the times we just expect other people to just understand what it's like to be us. It's not possible for someone to understand, right? Especially, especially when we are, we have two different minds. We're living two different lives. We have, you know, different responsibilities. We're in different situations. We understand and grow in different ways. So how can I understand what's important to you and why? When you communicate that to me, I have... I, I can come closer to your understanding. I can come closer to understanding what it's like for you. And I will actually want to give that to you without, without resentment, without feeling hurt. Right now, I, now I, just, I, I don't just think that this person is a jerk or acting like a jerk, right? Or this person is rude or this person is mean or this person is selfish. Now I actually understand that he needs this because... Because there's a reason and, and, it's, and it's very important to them. Now, you might be thinking, well, you should just assume that there's a reason. Uh, no, human beings, we, we don't, that's not, that's not the first thing that comes to our mind. Especially, especially if we are not in that, I mean, we, we're not in that person's shoes, right? If, if I already knew the reason, then I would have no problem. I, I would understand right off the bat why I should be giving to you. You wouldn't even have to ask for it in the first place. But I don't understand the reason. I don't understand why it's important. So when we ask for what we need, right, like we can explain why. We can help the other person understand why it is important to us. And I think that is a really big key in asking for what we need. You know, and especially when you think about it, if you're in a relationship with somebody else, especially somebody that you care about, somebody that you want to have a relationship with again the next day, the other person may assign their own meaning to, to you asking for what you need. If you don't explain it, if that person doesn't understand why it's important to you, it may come off to them like you're being selfish. It may come off to them like, um, like you're being rude or inconsiderate or they, they may take offense to it or feel hurt by it, right? And if this, some of you may, may be saying right now, Oh, you know, I don't care. But if this is somebody that you hope to have a relationship with tomorrow, and if this is also somebody that you want the best for, when you share your reason, your reasoning for why you need what you need, not only do you, are they more willing to give it to you, but then they actually think about that very thing for their own lives. And possibly they want that for their own lives too. Right? Like, for example, don't talk to me until I'm done with my morning routine. Oh, 
um, this morning routine thing. Um, so, so for example, if I ask you, um, you know, uh, it's really hard. I, I, if I if I say, I'm a way better person and I'm ready to engage with the world after I have taken my care of myself in the morning. Like I'm just a better human being. I'm a better human being for you. I'm, I can listen more, I can be more present, I can engage more, and I have a better mind. I have, I have more space in my mind, and I'm a better person after I've completed my morning routine. Do you, can you wait till after? Do you think you can wait till after I have completed my morning routine to speak to me? All right? Isn't that better than saying, don't talk to me until I've completed my morning routine? Because in the, in the first one, we are, just, we are just commanding. We are just ordering what we need. In the second one, we are connecting to somebody and actually asking for what we need. Right? And, and we realize that there's another human being on the other end of that. And the other person on the other end of that also may have their own needs that they're trying to meet. Right? So when they, when they are talking to us while we're busy, they may be meeting one of their own needs that we're unaware of. Right? So you have two people now that are trying to meet their own needs. Right? But when those two people share not only what they need, but their reasons for why they need that, you can see how those two people then then grow, like almost can, can see that, oh, okay, I have more needs than I thought. Right? I, I've learned that my partner has these needs and I probably have those needs too. So now I have my needs and my partner's needs and now I'm even more fulfilled. And so now you have two people who are even more whole, even more developed. Why? Because they, they shared not only what they needed from each other, but they also shared their understanding and their reasoning. And so that is so, so powerful. Right? And what happens if you don't do that? So we talked about before, if you don't actually share your reasoning for what you need, well, the other person may assign their own meaning, right? So they may consider you rude, selfish, inconsiderate. Um, they may believe that you don't care about them, right? That's a big thing. I think everybody just wants to know that, you know, that the person that they're in a relationship cares, that somebody cares about us, right? That we are cared about and that we are not alone. And so we interpret someone's behavior right if we don't get what we want from somebody we interpret that as they don't care about us and then we feel alone so if you want your person if you want your relationship to be the best that it can be then then you also need to feel cared about your person your the person that you're in a relationship also needs to feel cared about as well you both need need to feel cared about so you both need to communicate and share your reasoning for what it is that you need. And if you don't do this, if you don't share your reasoning, let's just say, let's say you ask for what you need, right? But you, you order it, right? Give me that. Don't do that. It's possible that the person that you're in a relationship with will resent you. Because you are not connecting to them at a human level. You are actually not asking. Right? So what, what is happening instead? Instead of growing closer, instead of these two people growing closer, what happens is that you are creating distance in your relationship. And as human beings, 
who need relationships, right? Because we are wired for correct for connection, right? But but the ways in which we inter but the way in which you are interacting with somebody is actually lowering your chances of getting your needs met simply because you are not connecting to them from a human a human to human level so the way in which we ask is so important because it affects right if we actually how likely we are to actually get this thing that we need right if the other person wants to give it to us how the other person feels about us and when we make them understand why we need that thing, it's also possible that it can have a profound effect on their life. When they understand why we need it, they might understand why they need it. So, some, some, when I think about, um, when I think about how to I think I think that often, so very often, we don't ask for what we need because, because I, you know, I, I think that I was afraid to ask for what I needed uh, for a long time. I think I was very afraid. And there may be even a part of me uh, still that is afraid to ask for what I need. Um, but I've come a long way and I don't feel that fear uh, as much anymore. Um, so there are a lot of people in my life who ask for what they need very artfully, very beautifully, very gracefully. And my soul sister comes to mind. Um, she lives in my heart and she just, again, just arises, you know, rises from my heart into my mind. She, um, I remember sometimes when she would come and visit me, she would say, um, you know, b before... Before she would leave, before she would leave my apartment, she would say, uh, she would give like a little bit of a warning, like a little heads up, not a warning, but a heads up. And she would say, she, like uh, there would be a, a time that would come. And sometimes I felt like it was like too early because I just wanted her to stay forever. Um, she's just a, a beautiful, beautiful presence to have around. And sometimes, well, she would, so when it was time for her, when she, when she f felt that time coming, she would, I, I would see the look on her face when she would say it too. So I know that she, she was actually feeling it. She would say something like, okay, uh, I'm feeling like I'm going to head out soon. And she would always say something. She would always give like a, a little bit of, a, a, she would always give this kind of heads up. And, um, and then maybe like in 10 minutes, 15 minutes later or sometime, you know, after that she would actually leave. Um, she would leave and, you know, go home or, or wherever she was going next. Um, so I, I learned from her a lot about how to communicate, right? Because, I mean, there have been times where I've been in a situation with somebody, whether it's on the phone with them or in person with them, where I need to move on to the next thing, but I... But I feel bad. A part of me at least feels bad. And I don't... Uh, a part of me recognizes that, you know, I'm getting antsy and that I want to move on to the next thing. Either I want to leave their place, I want to leave the party, or I want to leave their presence, or I want to stop talking to them while I'm in their presence and just, you know, uh, proceed to doing the next thing that I want to do. Right? But but I'm afraid to, to communicate this to them. I, I feel bad. Now... What I've learned from this is that my bad feelings don't serve me here. 
I'll tell you why. Because the reason that I recognize this is that when I start to feel that way, I'm no longer as present. My mind then starts to think about the, the thing that I would rather be doing. Right? So my soul sister was actually doing herself the most beautiful favor because when she was in my presence, she was fully present, fully engaged, fully there. But if she had stayed past after she felt like being at my place, if she had stayed after that, she may not have been able to give the same attention, to be as fully present, to be as fully engaged. And so I really appreciate that about her and I really understand that. I understand that in myself too. So we, we have to communicate what we need, right? And, and you know, maybe I don't, I, I experienced this as a lot as a, as a child because, you know, as a child, my, my, my mom uh, dragged me to a bunch of places and functions and parties and get-togethers that I absolutely hated going to. And, and I felt like she would stay so long at night, even if it was like my, my, my grandparents' house, right? She was there for so long at night, even if, even if we had school the next morning or if I had to wake up, you know, the next morning that it just didn't feel good for me that I was there so late at night. I wanted to go home. And, you know, here my mom was just, um, you know, I, I don't know what her reasoning was. Right? Maybe, maybe it's because she wanted to be there that, that long. That's possible. But in, in other cases where we were at other places, right, at functions or get-togethers, is there a chance that my mother felt bad for, for uh, leaving? Right? So she stayed later. It's possible. It's possible. But I know for myself that I definitely did not want to be there. And that did not make me enjoy my time there. Right? So past the point of me wanting to be there and, and actually having to be there was not a good use of my time. It was not, it, I was not present. I was not fully engaged. I was unhappy. Not listening to our needs and not being attuned to our needs and not, and not respecting our needs, it does not work out for us right? as human beings. We have to communicate our needs. Right? And, and our communication is um, right? it's, it's artful and it's graceful. It's, it's not a command. It's not an imposition. It is just one human being connecting to another. And I think if, that's, if there's one thing that you take away from today's podcast, asking for what you need is just connecting from one human heart to another human heart right and and maybe it won't always work right so so what if it doesn't work what if you say it nicely and you ask for what you need and you explain why and you relate it to yourself and maybe you even you know give an example about how the other person can relate to it as well maybe you do you go above and beyond in this you do the best job that you can and asking for what you need and explaining why it's important to you. And maybe it still doesn't work. What do you do? Well, this, this will require patience because very often that you will find in your relationships, right, that us human beings, we are not perfect. And often it takes practice. It takes, oh, a getting used to like, oh, okay, I, I realize that my husband um, needs to have his morning coffee before I talk to him. Right. And, and maybe I won't I won't 
um, remember that the second or third day, but after a while, I will remember that. And I want, I want to get into something a little deeper here um, because it, it, it has been relevant to me in my own life. And now I find it being relevant to my relationship with my mother as well, right? Sometimes where there is trauma and pain, it is difficult to ask someone for what you need. And, and I'm not saying it's difficult in your asking, but it is difficult for them to actually respond and give you what you need. So sometimes when someone is, is in trauma, when someone has a lot of trauma, it may be difficult or even very difficult for them to give you what you need. Right? If someone has a lot of emotional trauma, then it may be very difficult for them to give you something emotionally, for them to talk about their feelings, right? Maybe they feel like they can't. Maybe they feel like they just can't or they'll die, right? And that, that's what we so often believe about the most difficult things in our lives that, you know, if we do them, it's like, it's like we're going to die. Like we really feel like we can't do them. We can't do that. We're not supposed to, we can't be that person and who we are. We can't be that person and who we are uh, today, and, and who we are at, at the same time. We can't be that person who we are at the same time. And there's a degree of truth to this, right? Because that thing that you are keeping away from yourself and believing that you can't be, right? You are going to have to kill a part of yourself, right? Which will become your old self, your past self. You will have to kill, kill this part of yourself because it's this part of yourself that believes and that has been operating for so long, believing that you can't be that thing, that you can't do that thing, right? For me in my life, it was showing up physically. I always believed up until very recently that I could not do hard physical things. I believe that exercise was not for me. And, and you know what's so funny is that I believe that I could do them, but I believe that they weren't for me they weren't meant for me do you see do you see how funny that is because i would run every now and then i would do yoga every now and then uh, but it wasn't something that i consistently stuck with and it wasn't something that i even felt like i needed to do until until i really needed to do it and so and and i believe that i wasn't somebody it, in inside me there was a belief somewhere inside me that I could not be this person who showed up every day, who exercised every day, who kept a clean house, right? I would go to people's houses and I would admire the, their clean house and I would think, oh, I, I could never do that. I could never keep a, a clean house. I could never have a floor this clean. I just thought that that, that wasn't possible for me. Like that, that wasn't who I was. That wasn't meant for me. Right? And, and I don't know how much of it I thought was impossible and how much of, of it I thought wasn't meant for me. But it's so interesting because when we don't do something for so long and we go through our life not doing it, continuing to not do that thing, we just confirm and solidify the belief that we can't do that. So if you're somebody who doesn't believe that they can talk about their feelings or take responsibility for their emotions... Or talk to their child or their partner about how they're feeling. If you believe that you can't be that person, 
because you have to be stoic, right? To be who you are, to, to be who you are right now, you have to be stoic. What you're not realizing is that your best version, your highest version needs all of you to integrate. Your best version is calling on all of you. And so that very thing that you're keeping away, the thing that you are keeping away the most, for me, it was physically showing up in my life. That was actually the thing that was holding me back in my life. And once I started to show up there, things in my life started to fall in place. Like, like things that were just so shocking and surprising to me that, that I never actually thought would happen. I had been dreaming for so long. And when I started showing up for myself, when I started when I started teaching every day, when I started exercising regularly, when I started cooking food every day, when I started making my bed every day, just simple things, my life started to drastically change just from simple things, just from showing up for myself in the simplest of ways. And it was even in those simplest of ways that I believed I couldn't. Can you imagine how much those simple ways were keeping me from everything in my life, everything that I wanted, my fulfillment, my impact, my purpose, achievement, living my potential, everything. All I had was just dreams, dreams that were just fading with time, dreams and wasted time. That's all I had. So I want you to know that whatever it is that you believe that you that is not meant for you whatever you are keeping out of your your realm of achievement right whether you think that is not meant for you or whether you think it's not possible whatever it is I want you to know that your life is calling on you that your highest self your future self is calling on you physically intellectually and emotionally and when you start to show up in all three of these ways in your life, your life will be the best that it can. It will be the best that it can be. No matter what you believe about, your, about yourself today, no matter how much you believe that you're not supposed to be that person, yeah, uh, your life is calling you to be that person. Well, try. Actually, try that out. Why don't you try being that person and see how your life changes? I'm so glad that I tried. I'm so glad that I tried physically showing up in my life. Because now I can't even imagine how I went a day, a year, 30 years of my life without consistently exercising, without doing the little things that now make me feel good every day of my life now. I can't imagine how I ever went without them. So asking for what we need, um, you know, it, asking for what we need is important also because it will actually help us, help us to, to show up, to rise in those three realms in our lives because very often you will find that you are in a relationship with somebody. Your romantic relationship with somebody very often is meant to be your, at least one of your greatest teachers in life, right? There's a relationship with your parents, relationship with your partner, 
relationship with your child, your partner is your equal. And you will relate to your partner in, 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 in a way that you will want for your own self too. Right? So when you share with your partner your emotional needs, when you share with your partner your physical needs, when you share those needs with them, they are actually able to, they have the, the opportunity and, and the chance to elevate themselves in a different realm, in a different way. And they become better for that. They become more whole for that. And now instead of having two halves, right, if you only take care of the physical needs in your relationship and your partner only takes care of the emotional needs, right, the goal is that, that each one of you will take care of both the physical and the emotional, Right? And ideally, right, since there are three realms, both of you will take care of the physical, intellectual, and emotional realms. You each, you each will, will be a full, will have your own world. Right? You each will be your own whole of that pie. Right? So you each will be showing up in the physical, intellectual, and emotional. And now what happens is now, is now that you are not only two halves, now you're not two halves anymore now you are two holes that are coming together and do you know what two holes are capable of creating together i mean i don't know i haven't i haven't experienced that yet uh in life but i i would imagine that it is way more what two holes are capable of creating together is way more than a half and a half a piece and a piece, right? One whole is capable of creating the unimaginable, right? Two holes together? I don't, I don't know if there's anything that they can't do, right? And I don't know if there's anything that they can't do that is even better than what one person can do alone because now you have two different sets of perspectives two different minds that are that are contributing to each other that are feeding off of each other right and that's the most powerful thing now that that we have two different perspectives right so that so that i am not only i am not only uh, aware of my own perspective but now i get to see i get to see things from another angle and that is really the greatest gift that we give each other. It's perspective. One of the greatest gifts. Because, I mean, we just give each other so many great gifts. Um, but yeah, I always say what we do for each other is profound. And it's the absolute truth. So, um, you know, even when dealing with your kids, if you are working and if you are busy and you need your children to do their own thing for a little bit, Maybe you have their play area set up depending on their age. Maybe you have things that are accessible for them to do or they're a little older and they are able to find things in their, you know, find things to keep themselves busy without you actually giving them things to do. Um, so instead of just telling them to leave you alone or telling them to go away, you can sit them down and really explain to them. Like even, even in just two minutes of just deep eye contact, be like, listen, I really need to get my work done today. I need all of my attention for my work. Mommy needs all of her attention. Right? It is just so important for, for me. And it's important for us. I'm doing this for us too so that we can have a better life. 
right? And when I work, when I do what I'm supposed to, it makes me better for you, right? When I talk to you, I can be, I can be more playful, more present with you. I can, I can pay better attention to you when I do what I'm, what I'm supposed to do, right? So a great way of connecting, of asking our children for what we need is really connecting it to them, right? So they can understand, okay, um, mommy needs to work because, um, it's good for mommy and when mommy does what she's supposed to do when mommy does her work mommy can play with me after and mommy is in a much better mood to you know to play with me after mommy can give me mommy looks me in the eyes you know when she's playing with me after and she's not distracted on her phone right so they'll they'll even come to understand some of these things on their own without you telling them just in what they experience right so but it definitely helps them uh and and it definitely helps them to communicate to them why um it is important right for them to to essentially leave you alone yes but you're not telling them to leave you alone you're telling them that it's important and why it is important and they can relate to that much more and that is more effective and and that is actually better for them right that is better for their own understanding for their own growth and for their own development the same thing goes for for adults right we are in relationships we have to relationships must be nurtured right and and let's say let's say we do um we do give a command um you know and we don't actually ask but we declare what we need that that can happen too then that's okay i mean maybe that will happen too sometimes you know maybe there are times where where we do just command and order what we need instead of actually connecting to another human being and asking even in those moments when we when we when we become aware of that, we can always repair. We can always, we can always talk to the person again, whether it's our child or our partner or somebody else. And, and, you know, and really because it takes reflection on our own mood at the time. And we can, we can, you know, apologize for that and say, listen, I wasn't, I wasn't in the best mood before. I was really stressed out and I didn't mean to just, um, you know, just just yell at you or command you right like you know i understand that we're in this together and i understand that something like that could have hurt you and i'm, I'm not trying to hurt you right i want us to to exist peacefully i want us to coexist in harmony so we can always take the opportunity after that to to repair that relationship to, to repair that interaction with them so this this peace this element of reflection is so important because it's what helps us to connect to another human being so when we think about okay this is what i need and it's important to me right first we are reflecting on that and then how can i communicate this how can i ask for what we what i need from this other person whether that's my partner my child my mother my coworker my friend my brother my sister how can i actually ask for what i need in in a way that feels good to both of us how can i ask for what i need in a way that feels good to both of us right so when you actually think about that and you frame it that way i believe that you will come to some sort of answer there and and when you actually reflect on that you are able to then relate this to yourself right why is it important to me i recognize that it's important to me because a b and c right and when you actually share that with somebody you are then helping them 
to relate to you, right? So instead of saying, don't talk to me or give me space or whatever it else, or, or, or you don't respect me or whatever it is, right? You, you are actually understanding what you need and you are sharing that with them. And they might actually understand that it is one of their needs too. They might want it for themselves too. When you share the reason for its importance, why it is important to you, now they have something that they can relate it to, right? Right? Like mommy needs to work because mommy uh, feels good when she works or mommy is in a better mood when she works or mommy can play with me better. Mommy can play with me better after she works, after she does what she needs to do. Right? She looks at me more. Right? And, and so for children, it's just no longer, or for when, when you explain and somebody is able to relate to you, this thing that you need is no longer something just floating in the air for them that they have to remember. Right? It's no longer, oh, um, um, you know, oh, uh, this person needs that or that person needs that. And, and especially if your asking was not as graceful as, um, as you can, you know, as you can imagine, right? If you're, if you're asking was not graceful, if instead you ordered or commanded somebody to do something or not do something, right? Not only now is it something that they are unable to relate to, but now their connection to it becomes their, what they perceived as, you know, your emotional, uh, your emotional energy in that situation. So now their reason for, for giving you what you need is not the importance of why you need it. Now their reasoning becomes, well, he's angry or mommy's angry, right? And so, so I should do this because mommy will get angry. And now that causes a host of different problems, right? And that's, that's for a whole different podcast. But when, we start to behave or we start to res- respond to others because because we fear their emotion right we fear their their uh emotional response and that creates some sort of emotional response in us that then is that that is unhealthy for any relationship any relationship between a parent and child parent par- uh, a partner and a partner a friend and a friend it's unhealthy in any relationship, right? So we don't want to simply command and order what we need. We want to ask for what we need by connecting because declaring what we need, right? First, f- w- because when we, when we command what we need, right, that can carry an emotional energy that if the other person is afraid of or if the other person feels fear in that situation, their reason for giving us what we need becomes the fear that they feel, right? And so now, now we are training them to, to behave out of fear and to respond to fear, right? We don't even realize that we're, that we're doing that. We don't even realize that we are training them to respond to our own fear. So now, now what happens to this human being? They carry this pattern, right? in in their relationships maybe maybe this this person on the other end of our relationship you know the, the person that we're in a relationship with now then because of because of because of their responding to our fear 
they start to respond to other people's fear, right? And they never actually learn the importance of, of the need itself, right? So if we actually want to, and, and that, that keeps them from learning why the need is important in the first place, and which keeps them from ever applying it to themselves, right? And then further on top of that, it's just, it's bad for their emotional health. It's bad for their health overall when they are responding to fear, when they are afraid of somebody's fear and they are, they are behaving because they are afraid of somebody's fear, right? So we don't want that for anybody, especially for the people that we care about the most. So the best way to ask for what we need is to, to first reflect on why we need it, why is it important to us, right? And that takes connecting to ourselves. And then once we connect to ourselves, right, we can share that with the person that we need to, whether it's our partner, friend, coworker, child, mother, brother, sister, anybody. But first that takes reflecting and connecting to ourselves. And once we connect to ourselves, we can understand the reason for why it's important and we can share that reasoning with the other person. And when we do share that reasoning, with the other person, right? The other person ha then has the opportunity to not only are they more willing to give us what, what we are asking for, but they can then maybe even see the importance of, of what it is that we're asking for. And they may even decide that they need that same thing in their lives, that they also want that for themselves. But if we don't, gracefully ask for what we need and instead command and instead order then the person on the other end may learn or may respond to our needs just out of out of fear right because now they feel this negative emotional energy from us and just to alleviate that right they are they are behaving and giving us what we need out of fear and that's not good for the person on the other end of the relationship that's not good for us because here we are thinking that you know all we have to do is just you know just just direct the people in our lives to you know give us what we want and that's not how any relationship between two human beings works like it doesn't it doesn't work that way it's not sustainable that way and it's not healthy that way for either party so when we connect to the reasoning in ourselves and we share that connection with the other people in our lives, right? we, then, we then have a much healthier relationship and they are more willing to not only give us what we need, but to actually, you know, to even actually entertain it. Now they have learned something that they didn't know before. And maybe that learning applies to different parts of their lives instead of, instead of the fear that would have been shown to them and, and the fear that they would have felt if we just directed them, if we just commanded them, if we just, you know, said, you know, do this or don't do that. That's not a human being connecting to another human being. That's, that, that, that could be a person in stress, right? Or, or that could be a person... Um, who who has carried on like that for so long and 
you know, and doesn't realize or maybe nobody, nobody or, or has not learned up until this point, you know, his relationships in his life have not taught him that 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 is not that that that's not OK, that 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 could be perceived as hurtful and fearful. And what I'm sharing with you today is super, super important because the fear that we could possibly be training somebody right to respond with right like if somebody responds to your needs out of fear then do you really want that person to give you what you need right if they are just doing it because they are afraid no you want them to do it because they want to do it so how do you get them to want to do it and maybe this is the, like the million dollar question that you know that that we so often find ourselves asking how do we get somebody to work? How do we get somebody to give us what we what we need? How do how do we get somebody to do the right thing? How do we get our kids to do the right thing? How do we get our partner to show up in the in the way that we need them to? It takes reflecting and connecting with ourselves and being vulnerable and going deep into ourselves, which is then what we share vulnerably with the person that we're in a relationship with. Even if that's sharing like how stressed we are about something. Even if it's sharing how stressed we are about, uh, about our work, about our job, about, about having to sort through our fights or, or arguments alone, right? How alone we feel. All that takes reflecting and connecting within ourselves first. So asking for what we need first begins in the self. First begins in your attuning to what you need and why it is important to you. And once you connect to that, that is the best thing that you can share with somebody that you're in a relationship with. All right, guys, I hope this was helpful to you. Uh, it's definitely been helpful for me. I'm definitely going to think about this moving forward in my life and in the relationships and every relationship in my life and every interaction in my life. I definitely want to apply what I spoke about today. Um, I have been in in relationships and interactions where I think people could have asked uh, more gracefully for what they need and and I'm actually grateful because I can learn from those experiences and I can learn from those interactions and I really believe now I really understand uh, and see the value in in sharing not only what we need but why we need it and that is so powerful that connection to ourselves and that vulnerability that uh, we experience with somebody else when we share when we share our hurt, when we share our stress, when we share our feelings of loneliness, of feeling alone, right? That's ultimately what, what brings us closer. And if it doesn't, right? Even if we ask for what we need and it's, and it's we, we do it the best that we can and we try to ask for what we need and we see that, that the person on the other end is not meeting our needs, right? Then we adjust our relationship accordingly. Right, you will know when when um, when that time comes. Right, when when you're supposed to do that, you will know. But all you can do in the meantime is do the best you can at asking for what you need. Right, and and after a certain point, if you see that your me your needs your needs are not being met, then you adjust your relationship accordingly. Right, but it is on you to ask for what you need with the people in your life and anybody, right? I'm not just talking about your close relationships. I'm not just talking about your partner or your family or your children or your friends. I'm talking about even if you, um, even if you go to the gas station, 
let's say the person that you meet at the gas station speaks to you in a way that that you don't like right what what do you do right you you maybe you draw attention to that right and this is also asking for what you need drawing attention to some behavior that that you did not find kind or respectful right you can also draw attention to that and you can call that out and you can do it in the way in which you are asking for kindness and respect right so if you you can't just command kindness and respect you actually have to give those things and those are probably ingredients in in any time you ask for anything you need kindness and respect are are the main ingredients in that right so in your delivery your delivery your ask needs to include kindness and respect right kindness to the other human being respect for yourself and respect for them as well right so you have an experience where someone does not treat you the way that you want to be treated right you can draw attention to that with kindness and with respect and in that very way you are asking for what you need right because maybe you don't want to walk away from that situation feeling bad about yourself and and maybe if you don't say anything and you know that there's a chance that you'll walk away and you won't feel good about that and you'll be thinking about that later on right and so when we do things when we ask for what we need it's really for ourselves and it's not it's not from it's not just from the people that that are closest to us it's from it's from a human being to another human being right we ask for what we need from one human being to another and that is how we we and when we do that with love and kindness and and respect and connection when we do that you know connecting to ourselves connecting to the vulnerability in ourselves and we share that vulnerability with another human being like i really feel hurt by what you said or i feel disrespected or i feel i feel uncared for i feel like you don't care about me right? if you were to say that to a stranger right that's that's not the norm at least not today right you 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 could probably watch that stranger's jaw drop open right because that stranger would never even might never even think that somebody would call them out on this right but here you are being a vulnerable human being right being as vulnerable as you can be and now you have touched this other person's heart and and in your kind and respectful ask for what you need and not only has this stranger given it to you but he's given it to himself he may give it to every other person that he comes across right so when we ask for what we need it not only benefits us it benefits the other person and it may have a ripple effect that's much greater much much greater than we can even imagine that's it my folks i'm going to leave you with that i'm your host zakia and this is the touch tomorrow podcast and this is episode 10 how to ask for what you need gracefully i love you guys so much i hope we all get better at this and this is something that i'm talking about today like all things that i'm talk that i talk about it is a very important you know whatever i talk about is is important to me and my journey so you already know this is something that i'm that i'm very much interested in and working to get better at myself and i hope that this is of some use to you as well i love you so much i love you go ask for what you need 
gracefully. I love you so much. Take care. Be well.